This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. We welcome you in to Full Slate, a fire gambling podcast. It's another Tuesday edition. Greg Frank with you every Tuesday and Friday at Undercover Greg is where you can find all of my gambling picks on Twitter. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Matt Siegel. You might know him better as Showtime on Twitter, at Showtime Cappers, for plenty of gambling picks from him as well. There was a reason we started this Tuesday pod, and it was for weeks like this one. The World Series gets underway tonight in Houston at the Juice Box. Minute Maid Park is the site for Game 1. Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer. The NBA season opens tonight with the Toronto Raptors welcoming in the New Orleans Pelicans for the first game. And then a battle of the two L.A. teams, the Clippers and Lakers, at the Staples Center is the late game. This will be a very fun week of gambling of course we have the typical thursday night nfl and college games to go through as well we even have a couple of plays on the ice from showtime as well matt as you could figure out there's a lot to get through so this is why we do this on tuesdays this will be a fun one yeah greg i mean hey let me tell you when i woke up uh you know obviously recording on monday you know put out tuesday morning when i woke up monday morning i had a great smile on my face Went three for three on the max bets, uh, NFL Sunday. Hit at 1 p.m., hit at 4 p.m., and hit on the Sunday night football game. I can't say I was too happy about my Eagles getting embarrassed like that, but I will say the green that the Cowboys generated me, you know, I always favor over the green that the Eagles wear on their backs. So, you know, I'm sorry to the Eagles, but the the Cowboys made us good money uh, on Sunday night. But like you said, Greg, I mean, this is the time that we've been talking about. You know, I feel like for two weeks now, we've really been saying October, October, you know, and this is really it, you know, World Series game tonight, NBA opening uh, games tonight, you know, then then Wednesday comes around. Oh, yeah. World Series game two, full slate NBA, full slate NHL. I mean, you know what happens on Thursday you then got Thursday night football, college football, NBA more, NHL more, Friday, all four in action. Uh, not the NFL, I'm sorry, but, you know, then you get the World Series back. It's There's something going on every single night. And you know what that means? In my mind, that just means there's more spots for us to find value. So let's get right into it. Let's start with the fall classic. That's right. The Washington Nationals in the World Series Don't think anybody really saw this coming when they had to win a one-game playoff just to get into the division series against the Milwaukee Brewers and then upset the L.A. Dodgers in five games in the division series, coming from 2-1 down, uh, and then ran right through the St. Louis Cardinals, made quick work of them to win the National League. And, of course, in the American League, the Houston Astros were pushed quite a bit all the way to the brink of elimination by the Tampa Bay Rays. They able to get through that in five. And then a six-game victory over the New York Yankees in the American League Championship Series. Walk-off home run. Dramatic victory on Saturday night to punch their ticket to the Fall Classic. That brings us to tonight. Game one between the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros. Uh, Houston, a considerable favorite in this game and for the series. No surprise there. The Astros minus 188 on the game one money line. 
Washington is plus 178. If you're looking at the series price, even juicier on Houston, minus 215 to the plus 190 for the Washington Nationals. Matt, I'll start and just say I do think that the Astros are going to win this series, but I definitely think this is going to go back to Houston for at least a sixth game. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw seven because the Nationals kind of in some ways, obviously different fashion than the Rays because they have some more bigger name starting pitchers. Washington does. But I definitely think that the Nationals have the pitching that can go toe to toe with Houston and get into late games with an opportunity. Now, of course, the big difference uh, between Washington and Tampa, if you're talking about opponents for the Astros, the Washington bullpen is their Achilles heel and why I ultimately can't pick them to win this series. But I do think there could be some different spots throughout the year where there is, or throughout the series, I should say, where there would be value on Washington. I just don't think this is going to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy for Houston. And we've already seen them being tested in back-to-back series. And I have no reason to think that's going to change now. I'll take the Astros in seven, uh, all hands on deck approach, obviously, if it gets that far. Uh, and there's just a bigger quantity of arms I trust in a seventh game if it does get there for Houston. So I like the Astros in seven, uh, but I do think that this is going to be a pretty fun series, and I'm excited to watch it. So those are just some series thoughts, and then I do have a game one play that I want to get to as well, but I'll let you uh, go ahead. Just some thoughts on this series now that we're finally here. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, this is really what we've been waiting uh, for the whole season to boil down to. Like we said, I think everyone really expected the AL to be represented by either the Yankees or the Astros. You know, it's kind of interesting, obviously, we've expected the National League to be represented by the Dodgers, you know, but coming into the season, I mean, the Nationals was, you know, they didn't start the season so great, but they were definitely a team up there. We knew they had the pitching capable of getting to the spot, and look where they are. I can't say I'm too upset about sitting on an Astros World Series ticket at 4-1, to one. Uh, you know, that's... Can I ask, did you get in before the playoffs? Yeah, and so I, you know, no, so I actually got in uh, before the season started. You know, this is back in April. I hate to bring up, obviously, futures from eight months, as I'm sure most of the listeners and followers, you know, might not even have had it. But if you do, hats off to you, and, and thanks for sticking with me all season. I mean, not to say that I was bullish on the Astros, and I was... uh. uh you know, it was a intriguing pick and that I was super smart, obviously, because the Astros were one of the best teams coming into the season. But hey, you know, the odds were true. And now we're sitting with a four to one Astros ticket when I believe you said that the Astros are minus 215 to win the series. So I would say, you know, we have some nice value in the series. I, you know, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not that good at math, Greg. I, you know, I failed calculus, but uh, whatever. I can easily be hedging the Nationals at plus 190. Right there, I got one to win four units on the Astros. You know, toss a little two. I can probably find a 200 out there, maybe two units to win four. That way, you know, if I play the Nationals, that hedge right there, two win four. I'm walking away with three units if the Nationals win. I'm walking away two units if the Astros win. Uh, That's a nice hedge opportunity for anyone who's in that industry. But let me tell you, I'm not in that industry. I picked the Astros in the World Series, and I know for a fact, I can promise you, I can guarantee on the airways, this morning, the Houston Astros will win the World Series this year. You can you can bank on that. Again, just to clarify, though, it doesn't mean I'm running to the gates and I'm you know emptying out my 401k on the Astros minus 220. Um, but I'm but I'm telling you because I you know obviously that's very that's very high there. Are you in agreement with me that this is going to get back to Houston and go at least six? I'm not necessarily in agreement there because I will tell you, I do think the Astros could uh, walk through this series. I I think they could. I don't think they will, but I wouldn't be surprised. The only outcome I would be surprised is if the Nationals somehow walk through this series. But I see an Astros team that is clearly the best all year, and I see an Astros team going up against what I believe currently is right now the hottest team in baseball. So, We've seen this before. This is the best team versus the hottest team. Sure. And this is really, you know, what it comes down to. But, you know, pitching aside, because both of these teams have tremendous pitching, I like the Astros significantly more because I just see the Nationals' bats, the likelihood of the Nationals' bats becoming colder than the Astros' bats higher. I, I just don't see the Astros' bats Getting cold. They they have too many good hitters 
in their lineup. They can hit to the opposite field. They can hit home runs. They can hit in the gap. They can play the small ball. This Astros team can do everything. I'm not saying the Nationals team can't. But what I'm saying is I, I believe this Astros team is a more complete team. And ultimately, I will say I do think the Astros have two pitchers in the top three in this matchup. I do think Cole and Verlander, you know, however you want to size it up, if you want to say Scherzer over Strasburg right now or Strasburg over Scherzer, I would clearly rather have Cole and Verlander than Scherzer and Strasburg. You know, both bullpens have been solid this year. Obviously, we saw the Astros let up that two-run home run to the Yankees. But, you know, throughout the playoffs, both teams' bullpens have been solid. Ultimately, though, I'm going with the Astros. You know, the better team here wins. And I just truly think I don't see Garrett Cole losing two starts. I don't see him losing one start. So, in my mind, Garrett Cole is taking Max Scherzer right out of the equation. Because, Greg, I'm going to walk right into my game one pick. I'm picking the Astros to win game one. Minus 190. I, yeah, I know it's high juice. And, and frankly, I don't care. Garrett Cole hasn't lost since my birthday. My birthday was in the end of May, Greg. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, I can't even count. How many months is that? That's uh, like, uh, five months. Five months. Like, he hasn't yeah. lost in five months. He's pitched 10 or 11 or 12, I don't know, straight games with over double-digit strikeouts. I was on here last week talking about how great Garrett Cole was going to be in his start against the Yankees, and look what happened, Greg. You know, he 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 was he was remarkable. You know, he had guys on base. I will say that, but he got out of the jams. So I don't care how many guys you're leaving on base, and, and don't say, "Oh, they stranded runners, this and that." No, the pitcher got out of the jam. So you can say the hitters are bad, or you can say the pitchers are good. It's a double-edged sword. It works both works both ways. I'm taking Garrett Cole here at home. Minus 190. It's the only official pick I've locked in. I'm going to be looking to play the first half. Uh, you know, the first half I might go minus a half because I do think the Astros at home can get a run early. But, again, I see a nice little pitching duel here between Scherzer and Astros. Another kind of game where one or two runs for Garrett Cole and, and the Nationals will be having a long day because, let me tell you, they saw pitchers from the Dodgers and they saw pitchers from the Cardinals. They have not seen a pitcher like Garrett Cole in this playoffs. And you can argue that the well, Houston Astros There really is a pitcher like Garrett Cole, so I don't know. There's just not. And honestly, obviously, I'm going to say Scherzer and Strasburg are better than what we've seen. But let me tell you, Paxton, he pitched well for the Yankees. Severino, he, he's a solid pitcher, and he, I understand he was a little shaky, but... He, the Yankees have seen better pitching. I mean, the Astros have seen better pitching, in my opinion, than the Nationals. And, and this is an Astros team that the Nationals just, frankly, aren't ready for. And I'm taking the Astros to win game one and to win the series. You can book it. I'm going to go with a little bit of a contrarian play here. I'm going to look to the total. And I'm going to play over six and a half runs in game one. And here's what I'm saying. You have a Nationals bullpen that I mentioned uh, is is obviously it's Achilles heel. And we may, uh, I, I there's some sprinklings going around uh, that we may see Patrick Corbin out of the bullpen in this first game because he has not been named the game three starter yet. And and he has to note, to note, sorry, to note, he has been pretty solid, you know, out of the bullpen with regards to that one showing against the Dodgers. He has been solid otherwise. Correct. Although that, that one showing against the Dodgers, I guess what I'm saying is I, I, I am I'm still concerned about uh, the Nationals uh, in the later innings here. And then it becomes a question of, well, what am I getting from Scherzer? And I'll be honest, Scherzer, I had some good starts recently, but the Cardinals couldn't hit the broad side of a barn in the NLCS. And the uh, Dodgers, he gave you a good outing. But before that Dodgers outing, only five innings against the Brewers in the wild card game uh, in which he allowed three runs, two homers, and his entire month of September was pretty pedestrian. So while the side I would play in this game is is your bet of the Astros, I, I think the over, there's sneaky value here because I think we've seen throughout the playoff that if you're going to get on these good pitchers, you want to get them early, which is, also has me leaning first five over three is what I'm seeing. Uh, and, and I think that uh, considering one of the bullpens is really a problem area in, in the case of Washington's, 
then if I don't think Scherzer can go long enough, then I think Houston's going to score enough. I, I think this game ends something like 5-2, let's say, uh, you know, maybe 5-3, because uh, I do think Washington is going to string together some uh, good enough at-bats where they get one or two off Garrett Cole. Uh, so I, I'm going to go over 6.5. As I said, a little bit of a contrarian play. Unders have kind of been the move in the postseason so far, but I think sometimes that gets over-accounted for. 6.5 just feels too low. Yeah, I, I, Greg, I mean, hey, just to chime in about, about that total play, six and a half is definitely a, a little low. But can we both agree that the, the line is is definitely warranted for the likes of a Scherzer and a Garrett Cole, right? So, oh, absolutely, so, right. Okay, because so it, let's it, just it, clarify, the line is, you know, we don't believe that this line is off here. Six and a half is an accurate line. I mean, Scherzer is coming off of, say what you want about the Cardinals' bats, it doesn't matter. He went seven innings of one-hit baseball with 11 strikeouts. And the game before that, you know, he went seven innings against the Dodgers, four-hit baseball, one earned run, and seven strikeouts there. So he's coming off of two amazing starts, you know, and then he he pitched one inning against the Dodgers earlier in the series out, out of relief in the bullpen. And even in the start against Milwaukee, obviously that's dating back to the wild card game. I mean, that's 20 days ago. But so for his past three outings, in 15 total innings, he's only allowed one run. I mean, I don't even need to keep talking about Garrett Cole. I mean, you guys are going to think that I have a hidden love for the man at this point. But let's just, I mean, his stats are just, they're just, they're, I don't even know what to say. I guess what I'm saying, Matt, is like, I think that there's enough veteran, you know, I know Juan Soto is only 20, but he certainly has the plate approach and the discipline of a seasoned vet. Definitely I think there's there. enough. I think there's enough guys in this Nationals lineup to just string together some professional at-bats against him. Ryan Zimmerman's been there forever. Uh, you know, Anthony Rendon is, you know, probably in that next tier after Bellinger and Yelich for the NL MVP. So I, I think they're going to be able to get his pitch count up. I give Cole about six innings here. Maybe he gets into the seventh. Uh, and, and I think if the Nationals have the same opportunities as the Yankees did in game three, that there will be at least one inning where they, they're able to get a run on the board against him. And like I said, the Astros would be the side I would bet here. So I have to think they're going to score their fair share. And, and you know, another thing, one last thing to put a button on all of this, especially for the Nationals, like, so maybe some jitters for Max Scherzer here. I mean, on the road. Yeah, Greg, the- Greg, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to close that one right there. Max Scherzer is a first ballot, three, three times Cy Young winner. He's been there, done that before. Th- these guys have been doing their, ho- doing this for their entire life. You know, I understand. Has he the been World here? Series- Has he pitched in the World Series on the road against the best team in baseball? But you know, if people, people talk about that for the pitchers. But let me tell you something. Do the batters, you know, they, they don't get nervous out there. They don't start swinging at stuff. So it works both ways. It's the World That's Series fair. for everyone. Once the first couple pitches are out of there, sure. You know, if you it, it, then if you want to talk about that approach, then maybe you got a little lunch money play on a run in the first inning. But let me tell you, when these pitchers, Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole, settle down, I think it's going to be scary. So personally, I'm not a big fan of the under first half. I will slightly buy what you're saying about maybe over full game when the bullpen guys come in after the starters only go seven or so, you know, because they don't want to exhaust the starters in the first game and they could get the pitch count up. You know, maybe I see a little more nerves for those guys, but a guy like Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole, you know, there's no nerves out here. So if Scherzer gets rocked and for three runs in the first inning, I don't want to hear anyone say, Oh, the nerves is no, there's just going up against, Amazing batters, yeah. and same goes for the batters. You know, when he when Altuve Scherzer strikes out Altuve, looking right down the middle. You know, Altuve wasn't nervous. Scherzer just got the best of him. These Fair are, enough. These are these are guys playing at the highest level of baseball they can be playing at, and I'm not I'm not totally buying that, but I will buy it for like I said. You know, relievers coming in late in the game because if there's anything in sports that I think is the most is the most, you know, nerve-wracking thing. It's coming in from that bullpen with runners on base, and you have one job. Your whole night comes down to eight pitches. Now, I don't care what two-minute drive NFL, a game-inning shot NBA, no, no, no. When you come in from the bullpen like that and your job, that is the most high-pressure situation in all of professional sports. Yeah, and one last thing just uh, to close this on the total – 
I think that another reason you're seeing six and a half, while we agree this is the correct number, I think that it's also where it's at because sportsbooks generally. So no, it did open at seven, by the way. It did open at seven. F- fair. And I think that uh, generally, I mean, seven is still pretty low, too, for a baseball total. I, I think that the common, like the first thought is, oh, you're really going to bet an under with, or I'm sorry, bet an over with Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole. And, and so I think naturally, like, any book that puts a number up on a total here has to protect itself knowing that everybody's first inclination is going to go under anyway. So I think sometimes that can create value on the other side, which is kind of how I'm approaching this and why I like over six and a half. Yeah. You know, I, I wish you the best of luck. That's, that's a, you know, that you're putting, you're putting your balls out on the table, taking over six and a half with Garrett Cole and Scherzer pitching. But like I said, I agree. If I were to play one of the overs first half or full game, I would look for the full game and hope that, you know, we get a couple late runs. Let's move on and go to the hardwood where the NBA season gets underway tonight in Toronto with the defending NBA champions hosting the New Orleans Pelicans. And then the two teams in Los Angeles will square off at Staples Center, the Clippers and the Lakers. We'll get into those two games in a minute. Uh, But Matt, first off, let's just kind of uh, take a bird's eye view here on the NBA season and, and discuss kind of where we're looking teams that we're expecting to play into June uh, what what are just some big kind of, you know, attention-grabbing headlines that yeah. in the association? You know, I mean, just to make it clear, no official bets, you know, coming coming here. But, Greg, let's just give, you know, for everyone out there, let's give our – let's go with our top five teams, each conference, our Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals predictions, our finals matchup and winner prediction – and maybe if you got an MVP or a rookie of the year, you know, let's toss it out there. I'll take it away and I'll give you my top five teams from the East. And and I think the East is, I think the East is really easy to, to, to divide up the top five teams. I think, you know, obviously no particular order Sixers, Raptors, Bucks, Celtics, Pacers. That's my top five. It's not changing from last year. The Nets just missed the top five last year at six. I think that's exactly where they'll finish again. Obviously, they add Kyrie. They get a little better, but no KD. The Pacers finished above the Nets last year. So, you know, but they get Oladipo back this year. So I think the Pacers are going to be improved. We see the Celtics, you know, they're a little interesting of a team. Lose Horford, lose Kyrie, add Cantor, add Kemba. Hoping Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown take the next step up. Yeah, Obviously, Jalen Brown just got a big payday too. Yeah, you know, I I don't know what's going on there. I don't necessarily like that contract, but hey, as a Sixers fan, I can't complain. And I think it goes without saying that the Raptors will take a step back without Kawhi. Although I do expect Pascal Siakam to really take a leap forward and Another emerge guy that got the paid. top. T- Emerge, and I think that contract is justified. Emerge as a top 20, top 25 player in this NBA. I'm very high on Pascal Siakam. And OG and Anobi, I think, filling that Kawhi Leonard starting position role. I think he's really going to be able to flourish. I think we're going to see, you know, a real Spurs like basketball in the Raptors organization with not a true number one, but just some good overall tough basketball, you know, passing the ball, making the extra pass, playing defense, hustling for loose balls, that kind of stuff. I think the Raptors will actually be a little better than most people think with Kawhi Leonard leaving. And I'm going to put it out there. I think it goes without saying that the Sixers and the Bucks are atop of every team and everyone else is looking up to them. No, yeah. I mean, there's not much I can disagree with there. I do think, and you kind of hit on it, I think Indiana's pretty interesting if you want to get cute with, you know, a lunch money play somewhere. We all know that the Sixers have had plenty of injury problems uh, with some of their stars. Uh, so if, if you want to look at Indiana as just a lunch money sprinkle type of bet, uh, I, I don't hate the thought process. Remember, this is a team that got to game seven in the first round against Cleveland two years ago. Uh, and of course, Cleveland went on to represent the East in the NBA finals. Uh, you know, Victor Oladipo, I, I feel like maybe Indiana, Are you saying the Pacers could win the Eastern Cup, make it the no, final? I, I, I mean, it's not like uh, I'm not saying like it, uh, it's going to happen. I'm just saying it's maybe a little higher. The likelihood of that happening is probably a little higher than the price. Uh, so I don't hate the idea of a lunch money play uh, or or just you know taking a five dollar bill and saying here's here's a here's a flyer. Greg, on the- Greg, Greg, you know, just take your five dollar bill and, and go to you know like a like a like a 
homeless dog shelter or a cancer or something. Just well, put it in there. Put it in that bin. Do, donate it. Because let me tell you, the Pacers are not winning the Eastern Conference. So you just donate the five dollars to someone else who needs it. Well, if well, you need obviously, you're going to say that. Like, obviously, they're not the favorite. I'm just saying, like, the whole idea here is: do they have a greater likelihood of winning it than the price indicates? Which you would not. I mean, you still wouldn't agree with that? I mean, come on. No, like, oh, I think I think it's priced appropriately because I think the Bucks and the Sixers are both juggernauts. But to your point, to your point, take that point and remember Greg's point, everyone, because the Pacers, as a home team or small home dogs against some of these better juggernaut teams, they will win you some money this year. So the Pacers will definitely okay. be. Well, we agree there. We can agree there that the Pacers will have a nice. To win the East, I just looked it up. For example, Matt. Okay, no, I don't think there's any worth any money there. But yeah, let's just let's move on. I'm gonna get to my Easter Conference Finals. Like I said, is Bucks, Sixers, bearing and beat health. Let me tell you because this Sixers team will go as far as Embiid's health takes them. And if Embiid stays healthy, they get to the Easter Conference Finals. If not, then I think the Bucks are the clear number one team in the East, and I think the Sixers, Celtics, Raptors, Pacers all have a chance at then you know meeting the Bucks. Obviously, depending on how the seating plays out, but Bearing Embiid's health, I see the Sixers finishing one, Bucks finishing two. Let me tell you, the Sixers are going to, with Embiid healthy, they're going to make sure they get that one seed, Greg, because they don't want to lose a game seven on the road in the same fashion they did last year at Toronto. They're going to remember that. They're going to be talking about it in the locker room all season. And I'm actually going to be giving the play that I do believe the 76ers not only make the NBA Finals, you know, and, and, and let me just explain something. This is not really biased as a Philly fan at all, but I really do think the Sixers – have the team and the talent to not only make the finals, but win the NBA finals. I think their defense is going to be extraordinary this year. I think their basketball IQ is, is, is off the charts. Uh, they're really going to play some great basketball. And let me tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if they're making a deal at the deadline to add a shooter off the bench or to add someone else off the bench. As we've seen other championship contenders do at the deadline, the Sixers will for sure be buyers at the deadline for whatever they need at that point. But I, I really like the Sixers out of these. Now, you break down these for me. Okay, well, I have to make one last point on Indiana. Uh, sixteen to one to win the East right now, Matt. Right now, Toronto ten to one, Brooklyn ten to one, Boston seven to one. That's where I think the mispricing is. So I think that uh, no playoff Indiana, experience. No playoff I'm, experience. Also, I'm sorry. Pacers have zero playoff experience. Zero. What did they? Were, I just said they went to seven games against Cleveland two years ago. Two years and, ago. Well, right. They and got then swept they lost by the star Celtics. player last got, year. So they I'm got, they going got swept out last year. They got swept by a Celtics team that, you know, frankly, wasn't that good. I, I, I'm not questioning the Pacers. You know, they have Old Depot. They have to work back. We have to see how he's coming back. You know, they, they just had Brogdon. And I, I'm not – the Pacers are going to be solid. Don't get me wrong. But I, I'm not putting my money I'm just saying, here. Best I'd rather bet on – honestly, I'd rather bet on the Knicks to make the playoffs than, than the Pacers to win the oh, East. come on, dude. Indiana is the third best team in the East, and their price is the sixth best team. That's I don't, that, I don't, that, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're the third best. I, I think they are um, – Fourth at best, and to be honest, I think that the Celtics and Raptors are probably both better than them. I'm putting Pacers at five. Oh, I do not think Boston's better than them. I would very much be willing to wager with you on Boston versus Indiana head-to-head wins because I think Indiana, I think Boston took a step back, honestly, with some of their uh, the way their offseason went. Uh, as far as the rest of I the think, East, I think that's a misconception there. I think Kemba Walker is going to thrive in a role of being a Boston Celtic, being in a city of champions, you know, and, and let's not forget who they have sitting on the sidelines in Brad Stevens. The Celtics will finish better than the Pacers, but hey, that uh, four or five matchup between Celtics and Pacers, I'm not saying the Pacers won't win that matchup, but I'm saying the Celtics, I think, will finish better than the Pacers. As far as the rest of the East, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think the Sixers are probably my favorite, uh, like, to the, the, the team I would pick to win the conference. But, like, as far as making a bet, gosh, does two to one with, with the guy that you know with Embiid's health, like, is always a looming question? Like, does that feel like a good enough price? Like, that's probably, as far as betting, like, that would might be enough for me to not necessarily feel good about that bet only at two to one to win the East. I do think that if I had to pick a team right now, which is what we're doing, uh, I think the Sixers match up better with the Bucks, and, and that's probably going to be your West, your Eastern Conference Finals anyway. Uh, you know, who knows how the trade deadline shakes out or anything like that. But, um, you know, I, I they, they play on Christmas and uh, I, I think there's a clear divide with uh, Milwaukee and Philly and then the rest of the East. 
so, and, and if you're asking me to pick one of those two teams, uh, all health out the window and everybody at 100%, I would take the Sixers. So, yeah, uh, and honestly, just to add one more note to that, Greg, I, I, I actually might just go as far as just saying it really could boil down to who gets that one seed, right? Because in, in, in a series with the Bucks and Sixers, right. and, you and know, I, I do think thing. the Sixers are better, but I can't tell you the Sixers are walking into Milwaukee and winning a game seven on the road. I just, and I just that's can't. another thing, too, right? Like, it, can we really say right now, like, the one seed could be something that comes down to the last game in the middle of April. Like, it's just difficult to know right now, like, who's going to be the one seed. I think it's safe to say for both conferences, this regular season might mean the most it's meant in, you know, 10, 15 years. Oh, very, how, I agree how close with some that. Of these yeah, because, are, so. because it's, it's be a little more open, right? I mean, yeah, there's really not open. that LeBron Heat team that everybody is just saying they're the Instead best team. two or like three teams football. with trios, now we have six or seven teams with duos. So let's see how so, that plays. I'm excited. As far as my top five in the East, I'll go Philly, Milwaukee, Indiana, uh, Toronto, and I'll say Boston at number five. So right. uh, that's oh, who I'm looking at in the East. There. Who you got uh, in the West? Top five. Top five in the West. Okay. Um, this is a little more difficult because there's more good teams. Of uh, like teams that I could see like making serious playoff runs. I will go with the Los Angeles Clippers one. Uh, I'll take the Houston Rockets at two. Oh, so this is in order. This is in order. Correct. Cool. Um, I am going to go with the... Golden State Warriors, I'll still pay them respect and have them at number three. Uh, I'll go with the – oh, God, this, this is getting tricky the further I go down the list. I'll go with the Jazz four and the Lakers five. That, yeah, that, that's LeBron, just, LeBron just – you know, he, he's about to give you a call, Greg. He's not too happy well, about that. Well, all right. He, he, I, I won some bets, on a lot of bets last year on the Lakers fading them, so I'll live with that. So, yeah, th- that would be – that's just off the top of my head. That's what we're doing here. I, I would go with my five as the Clippers, the Rockets, the Warriors, the Jazz, and the Lakers. And I mean, I don't you know, hate it. I feel I bad leaving Portland out there. Like, that's a good team. No, I mean, I don't hate it. You also leave the Nuggets out there. But, I mean, Nuggets like you too. said, yeah. like you said, so we just named – I think it's safe to say, you know, that uh, damn near seven spots, maybe actually all eight bearing injuries in the Western Conference finals are set because I think – you can probably, you know, obviously those five you said, Nuggets, Blazers, six and seven, and then probably pencil in the Spurs because I don't see Greg Popovich's team ever missing the playoffs. I'm, but, you know, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up because you look at just some prices right now as far as like Western Conference odds, and you're seeing the Spurs in the same neighborhood as like the Pelicans and the Mavericks, and it's just like, I know that like the Spurs and, and like in the, in the NFL, the Patriots, there are certain teams that everybody just can't wait to get rid of. Until it happens, like, can you really see the, a Greg Popovich team not being in the playoffs? Like, ask yourself that, you know? No, I mean, I, I don't see them not being in the playoffs. They didn't get worse. I, I don't see how they got worse. If anything, you know, uh, Murray, their point guard, will take a step forward. You know, Derek right. will take a slight step forward. Obviously, you got another year of De, uh, DeRozan and Aldridge. So, I, I don't really see And, and isn't it the just the kind of team that, like, 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 if you're thinking about the bottom tier of the playoffs in the West, like, late in the season to figure some things out and really gel correctly, would you rather trust the Dallas Mavericks or the San Antonio Spurs? Like, it doesn't even Yeah, I mean, you got the young, intriguing teams such as the Mavericks, the Pelicans. The Kings. Uh, the Kings, you know, those three teams. But ultimately, I don't see Greg Popovich missing the playoffs. So I, I, I think our eight teams are pretty much set. Obviously, always talking, bearing injury. But you got your five. Let me give you my five. So this is no particular order again, just because I, I can't really do. Oh, well, you made me order it. So no, no, I, didn't make you, I didn't make you order. I didn't do order for these. Neither did you for these. But I, uh, how about this? Greg, just for you, I'll give you my order. Okay, there you go. Much better. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Clippers uh, as the number one seed. I think they are by far the best team in the West. I think they are greatly coached. I think they have a team that, their personalities and their play style is just everything you want in a team and more. They play hard. They play defense. They pass the ball. They're passionate. Montrez Harrell, Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Find me someone in that locker room who's going to mess that team up. Like, I, I, I sure. don't yeah. see anything happening. And, and, and isn't it just, just, why do you mention that? Isn't that like one of the bigger things when you're talking about favorites like and, and, and teams that you think could make win the NBA championship? Isn't that the biggest thing that you worry about is like a combustible nature in the locker room, which you don't see here with these Clippers? I mean, well, I think obviously it goes without saying that injury is the biggest thing in NBA. Because, well, well, you know, right. one player. But yes, a, a locker room, something like that. But let me tell you, Greg, 
they have a 25 point on any given night score. Lou Williams coming off the bench. Sure. That's just something that yeah. no team in other in the NBA, correct me if wrong, has. So the Clippers are going to finish number one seed as everyone and expects. And one last point too on the Clippers. That was a really competitive series with the Warriors last year. So they traded some of their depth to get Paul George, but they clearly still have enough of it because of the way they competed last year with the the Warriors. You know, they they got you mentioned Lou Williams, some role players there as well. It's not just the two stars. Uh, yeah, I mean they're seventy. Patrick Beverly, Shamit, Leonard, Paul George, Mo Harkless, Lou Williams, Montrez Harold, Jermichael Green. I mean they are. The nine deep, Zubac, Patrick, and, Peterson, and they obviously a, a coach that you trust in Doc. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a championship coach right there. So Clippers, <clears throat> but let's run through this. You know, we're getting a little lengthier. Clippers won. I really think. Did you go Rockets too? I went Rockets too. Yeah, I have Rockets too. I'm really high on the Rockets. Uh, I really think they're going to be a lot better than people think. I think Russell and James Harden will not only work together. I think Russell will make James Harden uh, have his. Yeah, I'm going to say one of his best seasons, if not his best season ever, performance-wise. Not statistic-wise, but performance-wise. I think we'll see an interesting version of James Harden this year. Three, I'm going to go. Who did you go three? Uh, three, I, I actually went with Golden State. I'm still going to trust them. So I'm actually going with a team you know, that I consider might be taking the regular season a little too seriously. And let me tell you, they're going to get bounced. By the sixth seed, whoever is the sixth seed. Okay. Utah Jazz. Uh, I think the Utah Jazz okay. might, could, you know, could end up finishing in the three spot here. I think they're a good team, but I wouldn't be surprised if a Lakers team takes a little longer to get, to click. Sure. Maybe maybe the Jazz end up finishing four. Or Jazz finish five. But let me tell you, if the Lakers, the Jazz better. Whatever the Jazz do, their season goal should be not to play the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs because they will get bounced. It's 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 just the Jazz should try and avoid them. So, but I I do think the Jazz finished third. I'm not as high on the Warriors as you are, and I'm actually going to go with the Denver. I mean, with the excuse me, the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, the Denver Nuggets finishing fourth. Sure. Again, another team, you know, the one team that actually has a slight advantage at home in the regular season. Oh, it's at a good home, home always. Court. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, they'll get a couple extra wins there. Again, another kind of try-hard regular season team, as I like to call it. And then I'm going to go with the Lakers five. I think the Lakers end up – now, the Lakers can prove me wrong, but I just have to imagine Anthony Davis will be load-managing and LeBron will be load-managing and they'll take a little time to mush yeah. and cut – but let me tell you, it doesn't matter where the Lakers finish. This is a Lakers team that can finish eighth, seventh, whatever. They can they can make the Western Conference Finals run. Now, I think LeBron will have a mission this season. You know, he wants to regain that throne. Like people are saying, Kawhi is the best player. Giannis is the best player. You know, LeBron he doesn't want to hear that. So he's going to go out and 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 have an MVP. I guess the question is, season. does he still have it in him? You know, at this age, that's true. But at the end of the day, when you just look up and down the other teams, yeah, they have Anthony Davis and LeBron, but. The other teams are just a little deeper, a little better. Oh, very already, much, yeah. They're already more gelled. They have more chemistry. Like, the Jazz were already a good team. They added players. The Blazers were already a good team. They added players, you know. So, I, the Lakers are going to be good. Don't get me wrong. But I don't see them finishing as a top one or two or even three teams. Uh, I agree but, with that. But, so, yeah. And like I said, I think the, the, eighth, the eighth teams are already wrapped up, you know, with you got Warriors, Blazers, and Spurs. However you want to fill out the bottom five, six, seven, eight. It's tough, but I think the eight teams in the West are really all solidified. And I'm going to roll right into my Western Conference. Greg, <laughs> I mean, does the, it doesn't get better than this, right? Does the Has the NBA hope for anything other than Los Angeles Lakers and Los Angeles Clippers? Like, really? But I'm sorry, Greg. As long as the seeding works out, obviously this is bearing seeding. I think the Rockets are really going to get there. I think the Rockets— They're going to get it done. I think the Rockets will get there against the Clippers. I think the Rockets are going to get over the hump. But let me tell you, it's going to be another little disappointing letdown. And, and, and I really, it's just chalk for me, Greg. It's Clippers getting to the finals. They're the best team, the deepest team, arguably the best coached. They, they, I don't see any flaws they have. The, the, the biggest flaw they can have would be an injury to Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Obviously, Paul George is going to miss the first eight, right. ten. Right, and we're 12, not going to sit so. here and say that that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not going to talk about an injury. We're not going to predict an injury right now in April. So I have Clippers playing the Sixers. In the NBA Finals, and let me tell you, Greg, I have absolutely no fucking clue who wins that series. Whoever has home court, give me that series because that's going to be one for the history books. 
Let's quickly move on, though, and talk a little bit about the games tonight in Toronto. The Raptors hosting the Pelicans. Raptors, a seven-point favorite, total of 231 in this game. And then the Battle of L.A. between the Lakers and Clippers. Uh, Lakers are a quote-unquote road favorite of three points, uh, total 225.5. I actually like both sides of this game. Uh, of tonight. I like two sides. Uh, I'll start with Toronto first half minus three and a half. Just a system play here, uh, you know, coming out of, I think the home court is going to be huge for them. Uh, you know, raising the banner. I know Kawhi Leonard's not there anymore, but I think everybody that is there is going to be real juiced up to get back in front of, of those fans, which we saw was a really good home. Yeah, court Greg, I'm, I'm right on this with you. I'm right on this first half with you and I'll, I'll do a little point wise, but you go on. And, and, and another thing too, like, I mentioned a lot of pro Raptors points there. I'm not high on the Pelicans this year. Uh, I did take them under 39 wins about a month ago. That numbers came down with the Zion Williamson news. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. You think about New Orleans, they bring in a lot of young players. And uh, normally early on in the season, you would expect some cohesion and some chemistry and some gelling problems. I think that's the case here. Whereas Toronto, they did lose Kawhi Leonard. But, I mean, come on. They won the NBA championship last year. Guys that know how to play with each other. Uh, Toronto first half. Minus three and a half, my first bet. Yeah, I like first quarter and first half here. And let me let me just chime in a little bit why. Like you said, these guys know how to play together. And this is a slightly different team. Obviously losing Kawhi Leonard, so not slightly different. But a different circumstance than most championship. Most championship teams don't then turn around and lose their best player, right? So from the get-go, this so there's going to be some team, good motivation for Toronto. There's going to be yeah. good motivation because yeah. everyone's already counting That's them out. You, you think they like being counted out just because Kawhi left? No. Sure. Pascal yeah. Siakam. OG Ananobi stepping up. Lowry's Will still step there. Up. Kyle Lowry's still there. Marcus Hall. No, they, they don't want to hear. They just won the NBA freaking championship. So this is not your normal championship hangover fade game, which we see in a lot of sports across the board. Instead, sure. extra motivation. Obviously, you know, would have been even more motivation with Zion on the other side. You know, they're talking about Zion more than they're talking about the Raptors even, even getting back to the playoffs. So there would have been some motivation there. Obviously, Zion's not playing this game. At the end of the day, the Pelicans, they're just a young, exciting team, but the Raptors are a great basketball team. First quarter, first half, Raptors leans for me this morning. We'll probably look to play it later in the day, just obviously stay on the Twitter, but as of right now, strong leans, love them. And quick note on the second game, Paul George out. I, 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 I'm leaning Clippers heavily. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a peek and obviously put out official plays on the, on the Twitter later, but I'm leaning the Clippers here. They have the chemistry from last year, even with Paul George out. We've seen what Kawhi Leonard can do with role players that he's had on the Raptors. Yeah. And you can argue that maybe the role players on the Clippers are the same uh, talent level, if not maybe slightly better, Greg. I think it's pretty easy to argue that. A Lakers team that had a full revamp. LeBron hasn't played in, in a while. You know, this is uh, – don't ever think I'm knocking LeBron. Well, and also – But Anthony Davis – you mentioned Paul George out for the Clippers. Kyle Kuzma is not going to play in this game for the Lakers. Um, and I think, too, we kind of talked about how the Clippers role players are being a little overlooked here. The Lakers just, I mean, they've gutted so much young talent in that Anthony Davis trade. And they're not going to have Kyle Kuzma tomorrow. Like, it's just, or tonight, excuse me. It just feels like they're the team that has some more kinks to iron out early in the season. And, and they're favored here, I, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. I, I mean, I, yeah, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, at the end of the day, they haven't played a, a right. true competitive basketball months. You know, and now they're going to play Clippers the first game and be yeah, favored? and they got Dwight Howard in their starting lineup, who he's been <laughs> irrelevant. They have Rajon Ron. Yeah, I, like I said, this will be a good team once they get into the groove and figure out everything. But with a Clippers team who's pretty much the same team from last year and just inserting a, Ka a Kawhi Leonard <laughs> – into the starting lineup at plus money. I mean, you know, give me the Clippers at plus money on opening night. I mean, not a huge play, obviously. It's opening night, but for oh, one minute. You're, you're playing this on the money line. Yeah, on the money line for sure. No, no oh, reason. Sure. This point, no this game, let me tell you, three, this yeah. game is not decided by two or three points. I'm actually predicting a blowout fashion one way or another. And I think the Clippers, you know, get the best of the Lakers here. Which is one last thing important to remember in all sports. If it's a high variance, then. Don't be afraid to lay points with a favorite or play dogs on the money line if you think that there's a wide range of outcomes. Uh, and, and that's kind of the case here, right? Like, if you think you can get one-sided, don't worry about points because they probably won't matter. Lay them if you like the Lakers. Play the Clippers on the money 
line, I think that's probably a smart investment. Let's yeah, take I mean, a break. Interesting note, you know, interesting note, by the way, you know, obviously different sport, but NFL, every single team this week, you know, who won, they also covered except for two. So, I mean, you can count how many games there are, but just a little interesting note, like you said. Which, again, preaches to the point, right? If you like yeah, the favorite, exactly. lay points. If you like the dog, then, you know, look at the money line if you think it's a high-variance kind of game. So, yeah, let's exactly. take a break on that note. Come right back, and we'll talk some football, a couple of pigskin that games that we're going to discuss, college and pro, on Thursday night. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Men look good when their suits fit well, and Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under 400 US dollars. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering BlueWire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is hard to do. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and the NFL to cricket, ping pong, and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it's free. Sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, You'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free, curated sports content delivered directly to you. And we're back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast, wrapping things up with you on a Tuesday morning. There's a whole lot to get to at this time of year. We already talked World Series. We already talked NBA season opening. Matt, there's a couple of spots you're looking at on the ice for some plays before we get to the pigskin. Uh, where are you going in the National Hockey League tonight? Yeah, so not official plays for me just yet. I, you know, Obviously, I want to ch- check out, you know, make sure the goaltenders check out and everything else, um, as always, just in due diligence when you're you know, making any plays. But spots I've been looking at all season, if you've been tailing me in hockey, one, we've been absolutely crushing hockey. So I hope that that continues. But two, you got um, the Vegas the Vegas Knights on a back-to-back road game. You know, they were in Philadelphia last night, and, and now they're traveling to Chicago. So travel and a slight time change there. Pretty much religiously, I'll be looking to play back-to-back, uh, fade, excuse me, fade back-to-back road teams in the NHL, you know, as well as the NBA. That's another spot. We'll get into that later on in the season, though. But so you got the Vegas Knights on a back-to-back road game, and you got the Toronto Maple Leafs on a back-to-back road and home. They're obviously at Boston. So just two interesting spots to keep a note of this morning. Nothing official yet, but I will definitely be playing the Blackhawks uh, and you can actually, Greg, you know what, while we're talking about it, you can lock the Blackhawks in plus 110. I'm seeing for one unit, one unit to win 1.1 units. Yeah, Matt. No, I, I agree with a lot of what you're thinking systematically there. Normally, you know, somebody that I follow the NHL pretty closely, you'll see goalies sit back to back games and, uh, you know, not play them because, you know, it, it's a long season. And especially if teams do have that 
marquee goalie, they want to make sure he's ready to go for the playoffs. Uh, so you can take advantage of some mispricings, perhaps with with a backup goalie. Uh, sometimes not always accounted for. So it's just one thing I look for, though. Uh, and and obviously, I'll certainly be getting more into hockey uh, later on in the season. Uh, but I, I do like your thought process in both cases. Let's move on. And uh, we got two football games to close things up here. Uh, both are some pretty high lines when we look at the Thursday night action in college and the pros. Uh, let's start with college, where the SMU Mustangs uh, did a number on my Temple Owls on Saturday, ran right through them. SMU looks to be in the driver's seat for the New Year's Six Group of Five bowl bid. They have been one of the better stories in college football this year. Uh, undefeated at 7-0 and coming into this game. and I'm sorry, 8-0. Uh, or no, I, I stand corrected, 7-0. I was right the first time. Uh, SMU, a 13.5-point favorite on the road against Houston. Uh, Matt, you like the Mustangs to at least keep it rolling for 30 minutes. Yeah, Greg, I'm playing SMU uh, on the first half line. Minus 6.5. You got to get the 6.5 there. They're going to be up by a touchdown in the first half. And, Greg, I think SMU is uh, going to be flirting with a perfect season here. I don't see a loss right. in their schedule. Yeah, I, I know they, I know they travel. Yeah, I, I know they travel to Memphis last next week. So this is it, you know, in my mind. They, they take care of Houston. They take care of Memphis. I think they do run the table, and then they win their next three games. SMU is one of the fastest teams in the country, and they are just meeting Houston at the perfect time. I mean, Houston barely beat a pathetic UConn team. Houston was 22, 23-point favorites. They only won by a touchdown. And that was the week after Houston got blown out at home by 15 points to Cincinnati. And this Houston team is just going in a different direction, this SMU team. Thursday night football, ESPN under the lights. I expect SMU to come out all business, not playing the first half. As you hear me talk about all the time at these college football games, I will be playing first half SMU minus six and a half for one unit. You can lock that in. You can lock that in on a Tuesday morning. Well, there you have it. Uh, SMU first half from Matt, uh, six and a half. I lean with SMU in this uh, spot. I, I do think that, uh, you know, Houston at home in a, in a primetime game, uh, that would normally be the spot where they would get up. But, I mean, SMU, I, I just think they might just be too good right now. And, uh, you know, I watched them most of that game against Temple. They were very impressive. That, my gosh, that offense is really good. And, and they yeah, can Yeah, everything since that quarterback of Houston. I'm sorry? With the, with the whole quarterback thing and Houston. Right, yeah, D.R. King, obviously. Yeah, uh, it's just trending in a bad direction. Game, my bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, apt, I, I, agreement there for sure. So SMU coming in at number 16 in the poll this week. And as I mentioned, certainly in the driver's seat to play a New Year's bowl game as the top-ranked team in the group of five. Uh, SMU football, one of the better stories in college football this year, uh, relevant uh, to the degree of a national ranking for the first time since the 80s uh, with Eric Dickerson. And How Frank about those James, powder blue jerseys, too, they had yeah. against, against Temple yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I liked them. I just didn't like what they did to my house, but uh, certainly uh, an impressive performance nonetheless. By now, the way, you I, know, John, if 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 they're wearing the powder blue jerseys, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to upgrade that play, and that's gonna be a two. <laughs> that's, that's there you serious. go. That's not a laugh. That's a serious. Oh wow! Oh, all right. Well, I still have to laugh at it because I just thought it was funny, um, <laughs> whether it was intentional or not. Lastly, kidding. let's go to the Twin Cities. Uh, where the Minnesota Vikings welcome in the Washington Redskins to kick off NFL Week 8. Minnesota, a 15.5-point favorite, total of 42 in this one. And Matt, uh, you know, I, I lean with Minnesota, and I may hop on with your play. Uh, I know you'll be playing them the first half. I just wanted to say a few other things. It's starting to look like Minnesota's figuring things out, and their offense all of a sudden looks good, and... I know right when you can trust Kirk Cousins, he bites you in the rear end. Uh, but this doesn't seem like the spot where he bites you in the rear end. I mean, he should be able to pick apart this Washington defense. Dalvin Cook should be able to do his thing. The Washington Redskins are going to be picking top three in the NFL drafts. They, they, I mean, short week, this game's going to be over by the middle of the second quarter, right? Greg, let me tell you something. You know, don't cut, don't cut the airways off when I say this, right? But my friend... Kirk Cousins, who I bashed on here against when, you know, what was that, the Packers game weeks, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, week two, more than a couple weeks ago now. Kirk Cousins continues his MVP. Yes, I said MVP 
campaign. He continues his MVP campaign. Put up those Thursday kind of numbers. He, he, he continues the MVP campaign Thursday. Since, since being ridiculed after the Bears game, you know, I understand he's played the Giants, the Eagles, and the Lions, but I, I'm so over this notion of knocking these teams. They play who's in front of them, so forget that. Against the Giants, 82% completion rate, 306 yards, and two touchdowns. Flawless. That's flawless, Greg. Against the Eagles, 76% completion rate, 330 yards, four touchdowns, a pick, but that's fine. Flawless again. Against the Lions on the road, divisional game, Kirk motherfucking Cousins, my man, 71% completion rate, 337 yards, four touchdowns. Isn't it funny how quickly the narrative can shift? I mean, after they lost to Chicago in a divisional game, Adam Thielen's not happy. Stephon Diggs wants to be traded, and then bang, 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 Eagles, they kill, and they go to Detroit, and they win that one easily. Uh, You know, the Giants game, they put up big numbers there. Three straight wins, and it's looking like four. It's just amazing how the NFL uh, is such a week-to-week, you know, reactionary league. And uh, Minnesota, a month ago, (laughs) everybody was ready to write off. And isn't isn't it ironic, Craig? I've personally watched over those three weeks. I forget exactly which games, but... I've watched, and I think everyone's watched, Stephon Diggs drop three touchdowns. Mr. Stephon Diggs, who was calling out Kirk Cousins, threw his hands, dropped a touchdown against the Lions, that's for sure, dropped another one against the Eagles. I've seen him drop another one or two passes. So, Stephon Diggs, maybe you should shut up and worry about catching the ball because Kirk Cousins is the hottest quarterback in the NFL right now. That is crazy to think about, but you're right. It is crazy to say. like It's almost hurting me saying, but he really is. And let me tell you, the one thing about Kirk Cousins that he's actually been amazing at his whole career is what? Beating up on shitty teams. Well, welcome in his former employer, the Washington Redskins. Yep. It doesn't get shittier than them. Kirk Cousins is going to open up a can of whoop-ass on the Washington Redskins to the tune of 250, 300 yards and three touchdowns. Greg, I don't even know what his player prop on the touchdown is, but if it's over one and a half, I could care less. It could be minus 250. I will play it because Kirk Cousins will throw at least two touchdowns in this game. The Minnesota Vikings will be up by 10 points at half. The first half line is nine and a half, by the way. And and again, I'm not going to play the full game because we know what happens in games like this, especially with a team like the Lions who can just hand it off to their beast of a running back in Dalvin Cook and just drain the clock, which is why it actually slightly, you know, scares me about um, a Kirk Cousins yards. But I do expect the two touchdowns. So we're going to be looking. It's only Tuesday, so I'm not locking anything official. Obviously, I want to see the injury reports and everything. But I'm looking at a Kirk Cousins prop over for completions. I'm looking at a Kirk Cousins prop over for touchdowns. I will look into the yards prop. I will look into that just because of how pathetic the Redskins' defense has been. And obviously, I will be looking to play the Vikings' first half and first quarter because we know the Vikings, they start out hot. And let me tell you, they're a sneaky 5-2 and two team. Because I don't really think anyone's talking about them, Greg, because I still don't think anyone trusts Mr. Kirk Cousins. But let me tell you, they have one of the hardest, if not the hardest, arguably the best true running back maybe in the NFL right now, true running back. You know, him and Zeke, obviously McCaffrey does a lot more. But Dalvin Cook, I mean, what can you say about him? He runs between the tackles like no other. Their defense has been good enough. They've got a job done. It's been good enough. And they're going to beat this Redskins team. They're going to be 6-2. and two. And then they go on the road to a Kansas City Chiefs team, you know, probably without Patrick Mahomes. And that defense, you know, hasn't been too good. It might be another win. And then they're on the road against Dallas. Obviously, we saw Dallas with a very impressive win on Sunday. But did that show more about Dallas or the the Eagles? I don't know. Are the Eagles actually that bad? Yeah, the Dallas, I mean, Cowboys yeah. actually good? Who knows? But then it, it gets even easier. They come you know, at home. I, what were you saying? No, I, I do think that, that that game in a couple of weeks between Dallas and Minnesota is going to be going to be pretty telling because, uh, you know, that's Minnesota going on the road in prime time. And that's everything you don't want to do as a better is bet on Kirk Cousins in that kind of spot. But if Minnesota keeps rolling and now that Patrick Mahomes is out, that's their game in between the Washington and Dallas games. Then it's possible Minnesota, not possible, I would argue likely they're going to be favored in both these games. They are a huge favorite here. It's likely that Minnesota is going to be seven and two going to Dallas, which is just really impressive. And, and that we'll, we'll learn a lot about Minnesota in that game. Greg, in not only will they be seven and two, let me just tell you this right now. So I'm checking it out, you know, obviously depending on where you play, 
I see Kirk Cousins as the as the tenth favorite for MVP. Ironically, he's actually behind Dalvin Cook. You know, um, you know, it's I see Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Lamar, Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, and McCaffrey. You know, and Brady, Prescott, Cook, and Kirk Cousins. Not only will they be seven and two, I think Kirk Cousins could somewhere be in the top five discussion for MVP because I expect him to put up numbers against this Redskins defense. I expect him to put up numbers against the Chiefs defense. Obviously, we know the Chiefs uh, and Patrick Mahomes is not is not going to be playing, so he will only decline. Christian McCaffrey goes up against a stout defense of the 49ers, and then, you know, Titans aren't that good, but their defense isn't bad. So then they, they play the Titans. I'm just saying, I'm not saying put your coin on Kirk Cousins' MVP. I'm just saying his MVP odds will get worse after his next two games. Well, well, I think, like, that's a point, just to go back to what I was saying about Indiana, like, in the NBA, like, the whole idea is if you think there's a mispricing and that, you know, a team with long odds should have shorter odds or a player in this case cousins. So I think you're you're on with onto something there. Like the idea is, well, what if a couple things happen along the way and then, you know, th- if this guy in this case cousins keeps playing well, then, you know, we might in a month from now say how was he those odds to win the MVP. So, uh, you know, anytime you're betting the MVP like you're obviously throwing a little bit of a dart in the first place. So I, I don't hate the idea of saying, well, if Minnesota keeps this up, it's going to be because Kirk Cousins is keeping everybody happy and putting up big numbers. So it's just kind of, it's actually just kind of, you know, not ironic, but you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers with the monster like, game, like, six touchdowns. He like, had. I, can, I can already tell you that when you said Dalvin cook has better odds, that to me is crazy because like, we know that Dalvin cook is like, going to be the floor of their offense, right? Like he's going to be like what keeps their floor high, but the difference maker really what could catapult them is cousins being what he's been the last couple of weeks. Hence more of an MVP argument. You know what I mean? So um, like I said, I don't think Kirk cousins is going to flirt with the MVP, but let me tell you, he's got, He's got the chance. He's got a matchup at Dallas. He's got a matchup at Seattle. And then second I mean, to last week of the city, season. Like nothing, nothing scares you about that secondary, right? No, 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 no. I, I mean, I mean, matchup with other MVP caliber quarterbacks. Oh, you know? oh, understood. Like, you walk into Dallas, you beat Dak Prescott. Okay. Now, sure. couple, two weeks later, you walk into Seattle, you beat. Okay. If somehow he can pull off those two wins, you know, we really could be staring at a week 16 Monday night game between the Packers and Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers dueling it out for MVP. Greg, I don't know. Maybe I, 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 I you know, I, I took some extra drugs this morning. Maybe I'm getting crazy, but I'm just saying, I, you know, Kirk Cousins hasn't looked too bad the past three games. He beats up on shitty defenses. Vikings roll here, first quarter, first half. Kirk Cousins props over. Stephon Diggs props over. It will be very interesting to see if Adam Thielen goes on a short week. If I'm sure. the Vikings personally. I'm probably holding it out because I say it's the Redskins, and if we can't beat the Redskins without Adam Thielen, then you know we're probably deserve to be in the XFL anyway. So <laughs> Adam Thielen, they might hold out. Obviously, you know they're going to be feeding Dalvin Cook. It's again, it's again, it's one of those games where we talk. It's get in, get out for the Vikings and the Redskins. I mean, come on, the, the Redskins don't really want to play this game, and then it doesn't get too much easier. They're then traveling on the road to Buffalo, so the Redskins are just hoping for that number one pick, and they're hoping the Dolphins somehow beat someone. But Vikings first quarter, first half, Kirk Cousins props. We'll look into digs later in the week. But again, stay tuned on Thursday for official Thursday night football plays for NFL. No, and I'll just close in in full agreement with the Vikings side in the first quarter and first half. Probably something I could see myself on as well. And I do think you're on to something with the Cousins props as well. Uh, And I would also not play his yards prop much sooner play his touchdown prop because I too would be concerned about some game flow in the second half running things out uh you know much I think if you're looking at a yards prop over for Minnesota I would much sooner play Dalvin Cook over his yards rushing prop than Kirk Cousins over his passing yards prop uh but I do think you're on to something with the uh touchdowns for Cousins uh you know Minnesota's going to roll. That's by the that's way, Greg. You know, just to close, say. yeah, just to close this out full circle from what we spoke about, because obviously we won't be back on the Friday. I, you know, I'm just going to go a little quick tidbit. I do expect the Astros to be up 2-0. I think Justin Verlander. You do? Okay. Against, yeah, I think Justin Verlander against Strasburg is going to get the job done. I think they will be traveling to Washington. Um, up 2-0. Up 2-0. Yeah, excuse me. Up 2-0. Obviously, you know, my outlook might change depending on how the game goes tonight, but I expect. 
the Astros to win tonight, and I expect them to win uh, tomorrow. And, and just to touch on the NBA a little bit, you know, we got a big game between the Sixers and the Celtics on Wednesday, and, and that, that rematch of that amazing playoff series, Denver and Portland, we got going on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we come with the Bucks and Houston, a match of Titans there and Clippers. Maybe a final previews. Yeah, yeah, maybe a, maybe a potential finals preview there. And then a Clippers-Warriors game. And let me tell you something. This game's on Thursday, so we can look ahead to it a little. But like I said, if the Clippers look really, really, you know, really good in their opener against the Lakers, that Warriors spot will definitely be a game that I'll look to play on Thursday. Because like you said, the Warriors, are, you know, they're still an amazing team. And, hey, and I people know it's preseason, are but D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> it's looking like a nice move for them. I mean, I mean, D'Angelo Russell's a baller. He's a hooper. He can score. And, and and people are overlooking the Warriors. They're going to come into this the same kind of mentality the Raptors are. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers, like I said, end up getting a W against the Lakers and then drop that game to the Warriors. Interesting. I like it. But I'm excited. NBA, NHL, MLB, college football, Ooh. NFL. I mean, Loaded. oh, God, wait till we get to college basketball November 5th, Greg. Then we'll really, I mean, you can't leave your couch. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Matt, always a pleasure. Looking forward to it again on Friday. Yes, sir. Alrighty, that'll do it for us. Please remember to follow us on Twitter at Showtime Cappers and at Undercover Greg is where you can find all of our gambling picks. We'll be back on Friday with an NFL Week 8, College Football Week 9 edition of Full Slate, also World Series Game 3 on Friday night in the nation's capital. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you on Friday, and please play responsibly. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.